Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Basically, it's like two things. There's this Cambridge Analytica thing going on. What is that, right? What actually matters? And then what's happening with Messenger? I think I know how to talk about this. More than anybody else. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 143 of Perpetual Traffic. It is Molly Pittman here, and we have a very special, short but sweet episode for you this week. So this week, I have a special guest um, here on the show, which many of you guys have probably um, heard on the show before. His name is Dan Gamito. Hello, Dan. Hello, Molly. How are you doing? I'm doing quite well, thank you. How have things been for you? Things have been wonderful. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, sure. Thanks for having me on. So Dan is from the land of Minichat. That's true. <laughs> Dan, Dan is the director of growth at Minichat. And I wanted to bring him on this week because we were having an interesting conversation a few days ago about the Cambridge Analytica stuff and really the Facebook frenzy that's been going on the past couple of weeks. And the way that Dan explained what was happening and how we all should think about it really resonated with me. So I wanted to make sure that that you guys heard the same information and that we addressed you know everything that was going on in the news here on the podcast so dan thanks again for coming on are you excited to to chat about this oh this stuff is entertaining yes are you panicking yet i have zero percent panic (laughs) zero percent panic Okay, for those of you that don't really know what's going on with the whole Cambridge Analytica stuff and this Facebook panic mode, Dan, how would you summarize this? And even for people that have heard about this and might have gathered information, I think a lot of it is false. Yeah. Um, so let's let's give a short summary. Like, what should people actually know? What happened? The first thing I would say is that almost guaranteed 
98 to 100 percent of what you've read in various articles and blogs is probably factually incorrect at best yes if not yes. just libelous and slanderous to facebook yes Number two is I'm not really going to be defending or speaking to Facebook's data policies. So before 2014, I think it was, they had some data sharing practices in their APIs that were kind of like a little bit too generous in some in some instances. And all that that meant is that if you were an app developer, you could build an app. And then if you had a certain permission, you'd be able to get a lot of data from people and their friends. And that was not a hack. There was nothing hacky about it. no. And it was in Facebook's terms of service, right? Like everyone (laughs) did agree to this. So there was no hacking. There was no stealing. There was... (laughs) Exactly. The the media has made this into a a very dramatic situation. No, it's their job. No stealing, (laughs) right? And in case you guys are interested, hop over to the show notes at digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. And we're going to link to a really good lengthy article that actually explains the facts. So just FYI, if you want to read that. Yes. So I guess what I would say is that the Cambridge Analytica thing, it's probably not what everybody's saying it was. And yes, there were probably some irresponsible data practices happening. I, again, did not see those APIs prior to 2014. And I don't know exactly how all that stuff worked. I'm not a subject matter expert in data security. I will say that you know, after being at ManyChat and seeing how people use data and stuff that you have to be very careful about the kind of data that you let people have and what kind of stuff that they use. So as a Facebook user, when you sign on board to a Facebook account, you don't normally know this because you don't actually read the terms and conditions ever for anything for anything. <laughs> but what you're doing is you're giving Facebook and all, a lot of third parties all of the stuff that you do on Facebook. I mean, everything from posting a comment to liking something, that's all weaved into a web that is translated into some kind of model of who you are and what kind of decisions you're making in your life right now. And that's fed to third-party developers, that's fed to advertisers. So I guess what I'm trying to say is the reason why Cambridge Analytica happened it's not like a, a new story. I mean, third-party developers <laughs> yeah. have access to data from, from the platforms they build on. That's just kind of why the value proposition is there. The reason why things like Cambridge Analytica keep happening is because we keep giving companies our data. <laughs> like, we just keep freely giving people data and really not understanding how that data is being used. So this company, this third-party developer that kind of was using this data and, and spreading it around and, and, and really extracting all the value that they could out of it, they were just doing what they should do as a third-party developer with those permissions. I can't speak to the ethics of that company. I don't know anything about them. But I mean, when you give away your data, you have to basically expect that at some point it's going to be used nefariously. I hate I hate to say that, but I'm coming at this from like a data security standpoint. Data security on the internet is is kind of a funny joke to a lot of data security people because if you really want somebody's stuff, you can get it. There's ways that, to get it. And you know what's interesting? This has become you know such a big news story. But think about it. Th- this happens all the time, right? Yeah. There are credit cards released, right. social security <laughs> numbers, yep. and people are panicking because their Facebook data, you know, they feel as though it's not secure. But just to put some perspective there, you know, of course, this is really important data. It explains, you know, a lot of what you purchase, what music you listen to 
you, your political beliefs, right? It's obviously very powerful. That's why we have this podcast and why we talk about Facebook advertising. But I think that the media has really spun this to, of course, speak to people's fear, right? And their fear that someone's going to, you know, have access to their financial information or, you know, have access to their social security number. So I just wanted to put this into perspective too, right? This happens all the time. It's the nature of the day and age that that we're living in and technology. So Dan, also like, I think the political side of this really added an extra level of of drama, right? Because basically, Cambridge Analytica was able to use this data in elections is the way that this was being positioned. And then people are taking that a step further to say, this is why Trump was elected, right? Which, you know, who knows the underlying truth? But if you read this article that's in the show notes, um, you'll actually see that the same data was used by other candidates in the election. So, you know, just to put perspective around that too. You know, it's an interesting conversation. It's definitely been blown out of proportion, but I think it absolutely, it should raise eyebrows, right? Kind of like the recent election, but raise eyebrows, not in terms of Facebook, right? Facebook's being made out to be the evil one here, but it's really us as consumers, you know, we are giving our data to companies like Facebook online. You know, I'm okay with that, right? I want to see ads that are more relevant to me, right? I don't feel insecure because Facebook has information about me, but this is the result of, you know, the way we're living as humans, you know? And I think that's the part of the discussion that you and I had that really opened my eyes, right? You equated it to soybeans. Yeah, Yeah. Well, it's true. Like the reason why soybeans came up is because of kind of an axiomatic rule that I've I completely believe it at this point. I mean, I I was skeptical for a while, but I work in technology, and the axiom is the more convenience that you bring into your life, the more that you embrace convenience, the more freedoms you give away. In other words, the less privacy that you're going to have. So, increase convenience, decrease privacy. Increase privacy, decrease convenience. That's almost. I can't think of a, a single situation in life, in, in our modern life, that that isn't true. So that's why I think of it as axiomatic. So, you know, the thing about soybeans, you know what's really cool about modern soybeans is they're really hardy and pest resistant. And you know, you know why they have to be hardy and pest resistant? It's because we are trying to feed more people and soybean oil is an amazing cooking oil. It's really cheap that can be exported and used in a wide variety of circumstances. Well, the, the reason why we need a hardy plant is because it's growing in places that it was never meant to grow and it's, it has these pests and there's all these different soil problems and pH issues and water, you know, like there's places where it grows where there's droughts. And the only way that, that, that we can do that is by literally modifying the genetic the genetics of the organism. So, so, so it's really convenient to have cooking oil and it's really convenient to have really cheap cooking oil. But... Um, at the cost of we have we had to genetically modify an an, or, an organism and we have companies uh, like Monsanto who exist and and again I'm not going to speak to the ethics of Monsanto I'm, I'm not a business ethicist or anything but they've they've been at the center of some really harsh news as well um, only trying to deliver on a, on the promise that they're making for cheaper more reliable food sources and um, cooking oil and stuff like that so uh, the funny thing is that we demonize the people and the companies that actually give us exactly what we want 
<laughs> right. <laughs> like, and we are showing what we want through how we spend our time and money as consumers. You just nailed it, Namali. You absolutely nailed it. And and that's what's interesting, you know. I use an app called Instacart. It's grocery delivery. And of course, to sign up for Instacart, you need to log in through Facebook, right? So I'm giving Facebook my data, probably data about what groceries I'm purchasing, because I want groceries delivered to my front door. For me, that's totally fine. Uh, but for the average consumer, they don't realize that that's happening. And I don't even think the media understands how all of this works. And I think it's why it's really been skewed. So, you know, the convenience example with soybeans, that's perfect, right? And it can even be something as simple as you're ordering groceries on your phone and giving Facebook more data. So it's just something to be aware of. We give Facebook more data and then we complain, right? Um, so I think a lot of this too is just um, education and why I really wanted to record this episode because, I mean, my mom called me, right? She's like, what's going on? Facebook, Facebook hacked and got my data. And I'm like, mom, that's absolutely not not true, but that's what she saw on Fox News, right? And if you don't understand how this works, that might be your point of view, right? So I think it's really important for all of us, especially you guys listening to this podcast who get it, educate the people around you, right? So that um, they further understand what this really means and why this is happening. I think this is a part of the world that we live in, like I said, and this is just the beginning. Dan, I wanted to talk a little bit about what this means for Messenger and really a big reason that I had you on. I think the Cambridge Analytica stuff came out and then um, it's really the biggest reaction that I've seen from Facebook about anything ever, right? Zuck, their entire team, they have taken this really seriously. And even seriously enough that last Monday night, you know, you and I got a call that Facebook is, you know, at least for the next little bit, um, they're not allowing new messenger bots, right? To They're not allowing new people to sign up for the mini chat or the chat fuel platform. Um, can you tell me a little bit about it? Like what's going on and what do you think is going to happen? Yeah, I love that you brought this up. So, so number one, don't panic. Yeah, number one is like, <laughs> oh my god, bots are dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm actually in Guadalajara right now, and uh, yeah, are you so, hiding? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think the best way to sum it up is this: Facebook has a really big platform where there are lots of shadows, and when you, whenever you're working on a big platform, things get overlooked. Uh, especially when you have multiple development teams working on different parts of the product. I mean, Molly, you know how complicated things are at ManyChat, and we don't even have that big of a development team. So um, this is a huge product, and it's full of intricacies. And each of these pieces, like the the Messenger APIs and the Facebook platform, capital P platform, and then you've got games, and you've got all these third-party apps that are all attached to various APIs. There's just so much going on. And you know, once in a while, something happens and it wakes you up and it makes you realize that you should probably do some house cleaning. You should probably figure out, uh, do we need to be giving these kinds of permissions away in this in this case? It's it's kind of just, people are calling it an audit. I, I like to think of it as spring cleaning. It's just like they're, they're doing something that happens when you're moving fast, when, when you're developing software really quickly is, is you lose track of the bigger picture. And I think that 
um, all that they're doing right now is is they're they're pausing new bot interactions on Messenger platform for all platforms. By the way, it's not just it's not just Chat Fuel and ManyChat. It's all of the anything on the Messenger APIs is not. Well, and it's apps. Period. Right. Like this Cambridge Analytica thing came about because of third party apps. Well, if you think about it, Messenger is an app, right? And all of these bot building tools are apps. So this isn't just a Messenger thing, right? People that are like messengers dying or yeah, the bots are dying. It's like, no, no, no. Messenger is just an app. We got lumped into this category. Facebook needs a second to pause to really audit and look at um, the apps that are collecting data to make sure they're doing it correctly, right? Which at ManyChat, we're totally cool with that, right? We abide by their rules. You guys take your time. You do what you need to you know, make sure this doesn't happen again, right? So it's not even necessarily messenger specific. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, which I think is interesting. Yeah, they're taking a hard look at how they're doing things. And I, I, again, I can't speak to exactly what's going on in there or anything. But I mean, you say, you you mentioned that we abide by the rules at ManyChat. And I would actually take it a step further. And we're really proud of our partnership with Facebook. And we've helped you know flesh out a lot of different case studies on Messenger. I mean, we have a very good relationship with the Messenger platform team. So uh, it, it's kind of a wonderful situation to see them um, kind of running around and being a little bit more startup-y. Actually, they're kind of like, oh my God, we got to pay attention to these things now. Do, I think that unfortunately the, the the media reaction and the general outburst of anger from people about it has played a huge role in how quick they were to make this decision. So it's been a little bit bumpy, you know, but uh, honestly, guys, if you saw the growth numbers that I see every day, you would realize that it, it's time for a little break. It's been insane the last year, and it's it's time for us to all figure out how how these different systems are going to work together and what kind of data will be accessible. And also, guys, there's this thing called GDPR, which is not something a lot of people are talking about, but that's a really big deal. And it's a it's the it's the European kind of general. Uh, data protection legislature that came out and um, it's going to be going into enforcement soon. And, uh, you know, Facebook has to pay attention to that too. So that's, I bet you they're going to be taking time to update their privacy policies and data. Like there's all kinds of data stuff that you have to deal with, with GDPR. And I would encourage you to research that on your own time. But, um, you know, many chat, we're, we're working on being very prepared for GDPR and uh, God, this is just a perfect time to do all that stuff. Like I said before, the media, the, the the quote media stuff. Think of think of what media properties are designed to do, Molly. All that they're designed mm-hmm. to do is uh, capture and hold your attention for as long as possible. So right. they're gonna just say whatever they need to say to get your eyeballs on stuff. Oh, absolutely. You know? <laughs> and and that's why I highly encourage you. What can you guys do about this? Number one, don't panic. Don't feed into the panic. Right. I see some stuff on Facebook that's just makes me sad. Please don't feed into the panic. Um, number three, educate yourself, right? Don't get your news about Facebook from, you know, Fox News or NBC, right? They're, they don't understand Facebook and they're just playing into fear like you just said, Dan. Get your news from people like us who actually do this stuff and, uh, you know, care about the ecosystem and understand what's going on. And then lastly, educate other people, right? When you hear people talk about this, give them the facts, you know, post on your own Facebook and educate your family and friends um, so that we're all on the same page about this. I think really what we all need to do is just take a deep breath, let Facebook do what they need to do to better the platform and to really get through this hard time. And I think in a few months, this will be a non-issue. 
Yeah, I think you, I think you're right. It'll be on to the next thing, probably. Yeah. What will the next thing be, Dan? Um, space. <laughs> space. <laughs> uh, Dan and I are going to space. We're gonna go to space. <laughs> I'm done with this planet. Can Facebook track our our um, activity in space? Well, I'm OAuthed <laughs> into like five apps, so the answer is yes. <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to chat about, Dan? This is awesome. Oh, um, thank yeah. You no, so much. I just would encourage anybody just this is just a personal thing, guys. Again, I'm the philosophy guy on this show. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we we live in a world right now where we use tools that we don't even understand. And and that is kind of funny to me on, on one level. and It's kind of scary on another level. Like how many people in this audience right now drive a car every day, but they really have no idea how it works. You know, how many people use a cell phone but don't realize that, you know, that thing is connected to like 30 different services and um, each of those is connected to 30 different services. Like, do you realize how interconnected everything is now and that just just by using a cell phone, like just by using an iPhone 10, you are using about as much electricity in your hand, like with all the services you're using as like a refrigerator (laughs) <laughs> just walking around or the fact that uh, and then that's not even really doing much with it and and the fact that just by signing up for a google account or just by signing up for a facebook account you've just given away so much access to your life for the sake of being having the convenience of google searching something or you know finding something quickly or finding a friend that you want to talk to i mean like i said before you know, I, I see a lot of people jumping into forums and uh, and Facebook groups and things like that, and and, and suddenly everybody's a data security expert, and so, suddenly everybody's an internet <laughs> expert. Like, and I guess I would I would challenge you. Like, are you really? I mean, it's okay not to know stuff. It's re- it really is okay not to actually know how stuff works. But right. it, I admittedly do not fully understand, but I know I need to right. educate myself. Exactly. So like, so b- before you jump on and perpetuate the whole, the whole, like one of the reasons why the internet can be kind of a shitty place sometimes, like part of the reason why it can be a shitty place sometimes is because there's a lot of people in there who are, you know, genuinely interested in something, but have unfounded opinions on those things because they just don't, they simply just don't understand how stuff works so like if you want to be productive and if you want to actually help shift the ecosystem more towards a a productive safe place to be maybe just listen a little bit more instead of you know chiming in with your opinion just just because you have one you know what i'm saying and this is like a little tough love but just because you have an opinion doesn't mean it is relevant you know like that's a really tough thing to acknowledge in your life but i promise like if you start to acknowledge that you'll actually become smarter immediately people will just start to perceive you differently because you're not one of the ones who's constantly chiming off when you don't know what you're talking about it's okay to not know what you're talking about it's actually kind of sexy when i see people say you know actually i don't know anything about this but i'll defer to my friend this person because they know more about it i mean that's really an attractive trait to me when i see people defer to people who might know more about it um so that's number one number two guys you're using a lot of tools we all use a lot of tools that we don't understand and i'm going to go as far as to say that most people don't know how like municipal plumbing works so like you're using it every day, you know, you're hopefully everybody's pooping daily and also drinking water. So like, <laughs> so like you're, if you're using these things and you don't know actually how this stuff works, I mean, I bet you, do, I bet you, you don't know where your water comes from. I know in Portland, I know where, I know where my poop goes in Portland because I'm, because I want to know how these things work. But guys, seriously, we rely on so many services every single day so many manufacturing processes that we'd know nothing about. And, and the thing is, 
when you know nothing about stuff, when you look in your in your house and, and you just see like a, a little electrical outlet and it's fancy and it might even be gilded or something, but you have no idea what's going on inside the wall and all the wiring and how gnarly it is back there. It's like we're just, we're, we're training ourselves as a species right now, it seems like, to ignore the reality of situations. Like the reality is that the electric grid and infrastructure is, is hilariously outdated. The, the, the reality is that water rights are controlled by a very short, small amount of people that and, and it's a really bureaucratic kind of scary world water rights uh like there's so many things that you we all take for granted because they're part of our daily life that are and and they're just indispensable but the moment that they're jeopardized the moment that your power goes out the moment that your water goes out you're suddenly outraged because you you feel entitled to this convenience you know so i guess what i'm trying to say is Running water is something everybody should have. I think so. Electricity is something everybody should have. I'd go as far as to say that high-speed broadband is also a utility that everybody should have. That being said, those are three things that I bet you you know almost nothing about when it comes to how it actually works. And I would encourage each one of you, if if you if you aren't already familiar with these 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 pieces of infrastructure that are so incredibly important to our daily life, start start learning about what the internet how the internet works start learning about how water rights work and how municipalities pump water uh start learning about your local electricity grid and where you're getting your electricity from you will be your mind will be blown at the complexity of these really basic things and you'll start to realize just how little you know about stuff and that's that number one that'll be humbling number two you might start to realize how how good we have it you know, and how actually, you know, having a having an iPhone isn't really that big of a deal compared to all this other stuff. So anyway, this is a perspective thing, guys, and and I always try to bring perspective to people because that's one of the most that's not that's a knack that I have. So please just consider learning more about the tools that you're using and the things you rely on every day, and you will expand your mind. Well, Dan, this is why you're one of my favorite people on earth. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, thank you for that information. I mean, this is this is much bigger than just the Cambridge Analytica scandal or whatever you would like to call it. I think it's um, like you said, it's really something that we just need to think about as humans. Yeah. Got to take responsibility for your consumption. Take responsibility for the tools that you use. Like it's this is all our jobs. Yeah. All right, Dan. Well, I love it. Thank you so much for coming on. Of course. Thank you, Molly. All righty. We will be back next week, guys. We hope you have an awesome week. Uh, next week, we'll be back with an episode uh, where Ralph covers an e-commerce ad amplifier, uh, which is a really cool system that he came up with for scaling e-commerce ads. So we will see you next week. I hope you have an awesome day. Wonderful. listening to Perpetual Traffic with Keith Krantz, Molly Pittman, and Ralph Burns. For more information and to get the resources mentioned in this episode, visit digitalmarketer.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening. John Moran here. Q1 is closing and it probably didn't go as well as you'd hoped. 
I'm sure your agency is telling you that they crushed it, but in reality, it probably crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you, or if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what, go to tier11.com forward slash apply. That's tier11.com forward slash apply. And we'll get set up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make agencies look good.